Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey there, I'm Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Ion College basketball podcast where we sometimes discuss camel fighting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You always have consent. Smash the like button. Uh, with the Iron College Basketball Podcast. If you haven't yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out while you're here. Today we are continuing our conference previews for the 2022-23 college basketball season. We've already done the American, the ACC, the Big East, the Big Ten. Now we turn our attention to uh, the Big 12, which has uh, produced each of the past two national champions. Baylor in 2021, Kansas in 2022. Deadline, the Big 12 has had a school in the title game of each of the past three NCAA tournaments. Texas Tech in 2019, 2020, dumb pandemic, no tournament, doesn't count. Baylor in 21, Kansas in 22. Will the Big 12 have a school in the title game of the NCAA tournament once again this season? Uh, no, uh, but that could be four years running. Kansas was the number one team at Ken Palm in 2020. So if it had lived up to its ranking, we'd be talking about a, a conference with four straight, either national champions or teams in a title, three straight national champions, four straight years with the team in the title game. Uh, it could be the best league in the country. Again, if that winds up being the case, it'll be seven of the past nine years at rank number one at Ken Palm and overall conference rating. It was number two, the past two seasons there. But even with that said, I'm going to I'll eschew that prediction because I think there's another good batch of teams that'll be in the mix there. And so I'll say that we won't see Baylor or Kansas or Texas or the like in the title game. Before we before I get a text message from a Big 12 administrator, uh, let's let's on the YouTube screen, get that 12 turned into one, two instead of 12 spelled out. They get they get they get particular about that. Big 10 is spelled out. Big 10 spelled out. Big 12 is a number. Pac-12 is a number. Yeah, look at that. Big 12 is a number. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Um, can I give you my five storylines? I, I, are you kidding me? I've been waiting all day for them. Well, I mean, it's it's nine in the morning your time. So I, don't, <laughs> I know, but I've been up for a while. I got little kids, you know? There we go. All right. Um, uh, moving aside that this projection is the number one league in the sport. Uh, the first one, I think, is Baylor going for a third straight regular season title. Uh, trivia. Oh, oh, time. Okay, Kansas. Right here, right now. Kansas is my answer. What's the last time mm. a non-Kansas team won 
finished at the top of the regular season ledger, so mm-hmm. had a claim to a regular season title right. in three consecutive seasons in either the Big 12 or the Big 8. When's the last time it happened? And what and what school was it? What's your guess? When okay. do you think that happened? Three straight years, team yeah. finishes atop the ledger in the Big 12 and or Big 8. Okay, so it's got to predate Bill Self, right? That is correct. Okay. So I'm on the right track. So predate. I don't remember a world that predates Bill Self. It's hard to remember such a such an existence. Did I they agree. play college basketball b- before Bill Self? Of course. They shouldn't have. They should have waited on him. They should have waited on him before we got started with all this. Um Jesus. I, I, I get I'll go to, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Texas is the school. Incorrect. Take one more guess. Oh, I'm going to say Oklahoma is the school. Incorrect. You want a third? Oklahoma state is the school. That is not correct. Your answer. I'm running out of big 12 schools. I don't know. One more. You want to keep going? I don't, I think I'm, I don't think I know. Might not even be a current big 12 school. It's Arkansas. That is incorrect. Damn it. The answer is your Missouri Tigers. Yeah, Missouri. Shouts to Ricky Frazier, John Sunvold, Steve Stepanovich, Prince Bridges. 80 to 83, four consecutive seasons. And in that early 80s, actually, Kansas took a little bit of a dip. It's the last time in this conference, when it wasn't even the Big 12, it was the Big 8, that a non-Kansas team won three, at least three straight regular season titles. Baylor is trying to become the first program in literally four decades to to pull that off, uh, we'll see if it can. We'll see if it can do it. That to me is the is the biggest headline going in. Uh, Wait, let's stop you here for a sec. Trivia, real quick, okay. trivia time. Oh, okay. yeah, let's do it. Baylor has won at least a share of the past two Big Twelve titles. Yeah. Before that, when was the last time Baylor won a conference championship? Never happened. Not true. Ah, uh, that's an incorrect answer. A conference championship of any kind or a regular season? Oh, we're talking uh, regular we're talking season our, conference championship. Talking our guy. We're talking our guy, aren't we? I know. I think it predates him. It predates what's his name? It predates what's his name? Well, who am I thinking of? Why am I blanking on him? Are you, oh, I thought I thought you were intentionally not saying his name because he no. shows disrespect. Terry Teagle. No, not Terry. No, 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 not Terry Teagle. Oh God, what is his name? Hold on. <laughs> the coach. I forgot his name. The coach from back in the, from way back when. That guy was unbelievable. So incredible, we can't even remember what his what his name is. Oh, I got to find it now. This is unacceptable by both of us. You find it. Uh, but I'll say like, I'll say 1950 because I feel like he was the coach. 1950 is the year. Is it Bill? It is Bill. What's the last name? Bill. Oh, I thought you were confirming. Bill Henderson. Bill Henderson. There we go. Yes. And our podcast listeners, again, screaming into their phones. Bill, the great Bill Henderson was the coach at Baylor from 1941 to 1943. And then he was like, you know what? Never mind this for a minute. I think, I think, I think if I, somebody pointed out that he had to maybe serve, you know, he had to serve our country. Then he came back and he coached from 45 to 61. There we go. And that's the last 50s, but I got the bingo bango right on the air. According to Kyle Boone's Big 12 preview, it's 1950. Baylor had not won a conference title since 1950. Until future Hall of Famer Scott Drew took him there, 
uh, in each of the past two seasons. How about that? Good stuff. We'll obviously talk Bears here in a, in a minute. Uh, four more storylines heading in. Uh, will Kansas show out in its title defense? You know, haven't had a repeat champion, obviously, since Florida 06-07. Dewan Harris and Jalen Wilson are the starters that are back. Uh, related to that, storyline three, when will the IARP case on Kansas come down? Offseason listeners know that we talked about that recently, uh, you know, in the past month or so in terms of timelines with all this stuff. Um, and will it, will it include a postseason ban? I don't think that case is getting settled prior to us flipping to January. And I actually think it's possible we might not get a final word on that until after the season. But that's quite clearly a lingering storyline as the IRP will will officially shutter its doors next spring or summer. Uh, Kansas is a big one. Five level one allegations levied against Bill Self and his program there. So we wait and see on that as Kansas defense's title. Uh, storyline four, frogs. Ribbit, ribbit, here we go. TCU is preseason number 14 in the AP poll. That's its highest ranking ever, as we talked about earlier this week on our Monday Rankings Reaction podcast. Uh, the Horn Frogs bring back most of a roster um, that nearly upset Arizona in the NCAA tournament. Uh, there are a handful of teams around the country that are heading in to what's basically amounts to their most anticipated season in program history. TCU is one of those teams, but there could be a catch. I'll have more on that in a few minutes. And then Storyline 5, uh, in light of being ranked second at Ken Palm, you know, Texas in year two under Chris Beard, will it actually wind up looking more like what Texas in year one was expected to look like? We'll get to Texas in a minute and I'll expound upon those thoughts. Uh, but I think it's fair to say the Longhorns should be considered a firm Big 12 title contender as they, oh, by the way, um, get prepared to uh, to open uh, a sparkling new home arena for the 22-23 season. Well, I, I think most humans have Baylor, Kansas in some order at the top. They're tied for fifth in the AP poll. They've they got the same amount of points, uh, tied for fifth, Baylor and Kansas. I've actually got um, Baylor slightly ahead of Kansas in the top 25-1 and one as my projected uh, Big 12 favorite. I've got... Uh, Baylor, I believe, ranked seventh in the country and Kansas ranked eighth in the country. So a little lower than AP voters, but Baylor ahead uh, of Kansas. Uh, Ken Palm, on the other hand, like you pointed out, has it Texas, Baylor, Kansas in that order. Either way, whether you're talking humans or computers, most people seem to go Texas, Baylor, Kansas, TCU in some order, one through four. And you mentioned the Horn Frogs. Um, you, you, you said they bring back a lot of people. They bring back top six scores from a team that, uh, wasn't great in in the Big Twelve, but but was broadly speaking a quality college basketball team, and a, a team that uh, not only pushed Arizona in uh, the NCAA tournament, but beat Kansas late in the regular season. So you bring back the top six scores from that, including you know an All American level guy and Mike Miles. You've got um, you know. I, 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 TCU's obviously never won a Big 12 title, and I'm not predicting that it will this season. Um, I've got Baylor doing that, but they've got a chance. The Horn Frogs got a chance. That's that. There's no question. They do have a chance, and how good of a chance we'll have to uh, we'll have to determine as we run down our one through ten in order of the Big 12. But first, yeah, that's right. I'm taking this. Okay. Everybody yeah. wants to. Everybody wants to be the captain. I I'm see. Throw back here. But first, mm -hmm. check this out. Chilling new original docu-series on Paramount Plus. 
Why did he kill his family? The answer lies across the ocean and a woman named Sylvie. She's a can model. Where desire leads to deception. I ended up spending twelve and fifteen thousand dollars a day. It was addictive. I can't get you out. And obsession leads to murder. Who did this to your family? You can't really maintain a fantasy forever. Control Alt Desire now streaming on Paramount Plus. Everybody wants to be the captain, I see. Just trying to move it along. Let's keep <laughs> those wheels. Let's do this. So last season, if you remember, Big 12 got six schools in the NCAA tournament, 60% uh, of its members. Um, Kansas and Baylor both got one seeds. And then there was Texas Tech, Texas, TCU, and Iowa State. You take it. I'm putting the over under 6.5, dead leg. You're going over under 6.5 Big 12 members in the 2023 NCAA tournament. Mm, I'll go. I'll go over. I'll go seven. I'll say they get seven of the ten. That's so. Uh, it's aggressive, but I will go. I will go over with that, and uh, I'll obviously run down what teams I think that will be. Let's go in order here because we're gonna have some disagreement in the top three. I think that's destined to happen. Now, as a reminder, we did again. If you're listening for the Big Twelve, and you're uh, you're a Johnny come lately, we did summer shoot around episodes dedicated. To the Baylor Bears, to the Kansas Jayhawks, to the Texas Longhorns. So if you want to know more about the schools and even what we're going to talk about here briefly, please go find those. They're in the feed. They didn't happen so, so long ago there. We both have Baylor winning the Big 12. We have Baylor making history. Um, The Bears figure to have probably three of the top 10 players in the league, two of them seniors, Adam Flagler, LJ Cryer. The other one is a freshman uh, who I think has a very good chance of being freshman of the year, Keontae George. Side note, if you're watching live right now, or if you're listening early on Thursday, our All-American teams are going up on Thursday, and then our uh, our awards will go up on Friday there. So you'll actually see how our collective at CBS Sports voted. Uh, but Keontae George is my personal pick to be the National Freshman of the Year. They're going to have a good three-card attack with those guys. And Scott Drew has, has obviously fared well in recent seasons with having a three, if not a four-guard attack. Uh, so I think he'll get it done again. Flagler and Cryer combined last year to average 27 points. Uh, and George is a dynamite. He's just a dynamite wing uh, who really looked quite good over the summer at the World University Games where Baylor got to uh, to play and kind of get an early look at what its roster is going to be, even when it wasn't even that, uh, that fully healthy. Um, I'd say because they get Langston Love back from an injury, uh, he missed last year doing an ACL tear. That's another reason to put him up there. Um, Transfers, Jalen Bridges from West Virginia, Caleb Lohner from BYU. Everyday John, Jonathan Chamochachua, is not back yet. He tore multiple ligaments. Um, the hope is he can return this season, but even without him, GP, depth, veteran dependability, talent, coaching prowess, that guard attack. Quite clearly, Baylor's got another uh, Final Four contender in here. And I will not put it, I will not hold it against Drew that he actually said at Big 12 Media Day he wants the tournament to go to 128 teams. Absolutely outrageous. Either Scott Drew himself will listen to this podcast or a relative of him. Uh, Scott, you're out of your mind. Wonderful coach. Going to the Hall of Fame. Get out of my face with that nonsense. Um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because we're focused on the Big 12. I, but I obviously, it's I, been I, a, help I understand. It's been a big topic of conversation um, within college basketball over the past you know week or so, really for a few weeks, but sort of been ratcheted up past couple of days because of the uh, more comments from Greg Sankey and other college basketball coaches. I 
Uh, saw something from Dennis Gates at Missouri, who's in favor of it uh, as well. Um, in favor of literally doubling the field. Just so yeah. yeah. Let me be clear. I do not want to expand the NCAA tournament. I, if if you leave it up to me, I would say I'd say go back to sixty four, but I'd certainly say I'd rather keep it at sixty eight than 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 expand. But the the people who are going to make this decision are are they're not motivated by the same things I'm motivated by. They're motivated largely by money, and if not entirely by money, regardless of what they say, they can talk about access points and all that nonsense if they want. They're, they're motivated by money. And you can make more money with a bigger tournament. More games equals more money. And at the power conference level, as as these you know leagues like the SEC and the Big Ten are are getting bigger, um, the more at large bids you have available, the better it is for your gigantic leagues that are spending millions and millions of dollars on basketball. So I understand where they're coming from, even if I wish they wouldn't do what they're doing. That said. I stopped short of it's going to ruin everything. It's not going to ruin everything any more than expanded NFL playoffs ruined everything or expanded NBA playoffs ruined everything or expanded Major League Baseball playoffs ruined everything. Um, people, every time you try to change something that people like, the, uh, the uh, people who are against it immediately go to it's going to ruin everything and it's just not it will lessen the regular here's what here's what NCAA tournament expansion will do it will lessen the regular season it will put av- more average teams in the bracket but here's what it will also do it will create more by definition NCAA tournament games and once that starts people are going to love it you'll watch it and get excited and, and be tweeting videos of buzzer beaters same way you always have we will stay on topic, but I have opinions and intel on this, so we will say for another podcast. But yes, I hear what you're saying on that. Scott Drew, well, 128 is, is outrageous. It really is. And, it's, and by the way, it's never going to happen. We're never going to go to 128, and we are not going to 96. That's That I can 100% guarantee you. That's not going to happen. Um, Baylor number one, greed. Yeah, and it's because of those guards. I mean, when you go LJ Cryer, Adam Flagler, Keontae George... Uh, I, I think that could be the best three-guard lineup in college basketball. And if you remember the Baylor team that won the national title, I mean, it was it was those guards that were just overwhelming um, for, for just about everybody, including Gonzaga in, in the title game. So I, I love the guards. Um, I, with, I wish Jonathan Chamachach were ready to go. Uh, Baylor had a nice little video on him that, that, that um, we watched, I guess it was last week, him for the first time, I think talking about the injury and you know what it you know what it felt like, what was going through his head, um, the recovery from it. There was some really um, compelling behind the scenes video that we had never seen before. There's a moment where Scott Drew is watching on an iPhone the injury for the first time. It looks like like but between the game's over and he's about to go talk to the media and 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 he's going to take a look at this injury for the first time and he gets like actually squeamish seeing it the same way we all did um but it was it was just really done a well done uh, video for from uh from Baylor's athletic department if you haven't seen that yet I, it's it's worth your time um but I love the guards and obviously Scott's got a track record of of high level success and not only do I think Keontae George is going to be terrific for Baylor, just like you, I think he's got a chance to be the national freshman of the year. And if I were voting, I would vote him as much as 
um, Timmy Allen is great and Mike Miles is great. And Jalen Wilson has an opportunity to have a breakthrough season. Um, those guys, of course, at Texas, TCU, and Kansas. Um, I think Keontae George is the most talented uh, player in, in this league. And I don't think he's just going to be a good, great prospect. I think he's going to be a great player right from the jump. He showed out this summer, like you said. And he is, by the way, the third highest ranked recruit to ever enroll at Baylor. Which brings me to oh boy, mm. a trivia time. <laughs> oh, whoa. Croon me, baby. Who are the two uh, prospects who are rated higher in their classes, according to 24-7 Sports, than... I think I got it. Keontae George is ranked in his. By the way, Keontae George um, is ranked seventh in the class of 2022. I think I got this. Okay, let's see. I think I got it. Isaiah Austin. That's number one. He was ranked fourth in the class of 2012. And I think the other one is Quincy Miller. You son of a bee. He's ranked fifth in the class of 2011. So Isaiah Austin, fourth. Quincy Miller, fifth. Keontae George ranked seventh in 2022. After that, Perry Jones um, was also ranked seventh in 2010. And then Kendall Brown was ranked 14th in the class of 2021. All right, let's get to teams in the 2-3 spot. Because I'm going Texas slightly ahead of Kansas. Slightly. I'm going to go with Texas here, GP. Uh, Here's my reasoning, and then uh, fire away with your thoughts. Kansas brings back two starters, Dewan Harris and and Jalen Wilson. Um, Doesn't bring back a surefire NBA pick, I don't don't think. Uh, Harris Averett, who's a very good defensive player, you know, five points, four assists. Those numbers will jump. Jalen Wilson, 11 points and seven and a half rebounds. Uh, I want to see Jalen Wilson turn into an alpha. We'll see. Grady Dick is a freshman on the team who could become uh, an NBA pick and a one-and-done player, but we'll we'll, we'll see. He's definitely a a really good shooter there. Uh, I kind of think that Kevin McCullough is going to be Kansas's best player. He's the Texas Tech transfer. Um, Really good guy at the four. Was vacillating between staying in college or, or, or choosing a pro route. Um, and they've got a big man named uh, Ernest Uday in the middle there, who's a, who's a newbie as well. Um, few national champions in the past two decades have had to replace as much as Kansas does and brought back so few scholarship players from the, from the title team. Uh, that also, you know, helps explain why Florida is the only one in the past 30 years to do it. So I will, I will lean on Texas to narrowly finish ahead of, of Kansas. Um, in part because of the addition of Tyrese Hunter, in part because I think Timmy Allen is going to wind up being the guy when we look up in February talking about Kante George, the most talented player. Uh, I think it could be a really good race between Mike Miles at TCU, Timmy Allen at Texas, Keontae George at Baylor, and then I'm going to say McCullough at, at Kansas for, national, or for Big 12 Player of the Year here um, because I think Hunter is going to be one of the best defenders in the country uh, Allen will be quality. They bring back Dylan DeSue, Christian Bishop at Texas. Marcus Carr is back. Um, yeah, they got the high Ken Palm ranking. I actually made this call before the Ken Palm rankings came out. My my team rankings, which will go out next week, uh, they're already done. And I've got te- I've got Texas maybe one or two spots ahead of Kansas. I'm really just you know I'm I'm splitting it very very narrowly here. But I will go Texas, and maybe that even means Baylor wins the league, and Texas and Kansas wind up 
tied for second and they have the same exact league record. But uh, I will uh, I will very narrowly zag on this GP and I will go with the Longhorns there uh, just because itself I'm not doubting them whatsoever. They just they got to replace a ton. I mean they got McCormick, obviously Ochai Abaji who turned into such an awesome lottery pick. In addition to others, there there's a lot to replace. And I on the whole I look at both of them. Beard's a good coach as well. Coaching matters significantly, so I'm not going to discount that. But when I look at Kansas's roster and I look at Texas's roster, I said to myself. If these teams played a seven-game series right now, I would I would have to take Texas to win that. So I will go UT again ahead of uh, ahead of KU slightly. That's fair. Um, you know, I've got them very close together as well, although in in a different order. I've got Kansas uh, at two in the Big Twelve, Texas at three in the Big Twelve, but in the top twenty-five and one, Kansas is ranked eighth. Texas is ranked twelfth. Not a lot of difference between those two uh, programs. I, I guess I just sort of fell into a place where. I'm not comfortable picking Kansas to finish outside of the top two in the Big 12. You know, it's still Kansas. It's still Bill Self. And they did lose a lot. Four of the top five scores, two, two first-round picks, and Ochai Baji and Christian Brown. Um, but, you know, DeWan, you know, they bring back two, you know, important core pieces. McCullough should be terrific. And Grady Dick, like, projects as an NBA player someday. So I don't think it's crazy to have Texas ahead of Kansas, but I do have Kansas ahead of of, of Texas, but boy, you, you look at that, that Texas roster. I, I think, you know, Texas was good last season. They, 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 they never got, I think we talked about this on our Texas episode. They never went on these long winning streaks where you, you they forced you to go, Oh, wow. Chris Beers really got them operating at a high level. They'd like win three and then lose one and win two and then lose one and win three and then lose two and stuff, but they were good. Um, and, and you're bringing those guys, uh, some of those guys back and you're adding, you know, Tyrese Hunter, who was a terrific freshman, you know, for TJ Otzelberger, one of the main reasons TJ was able to dramatically turn that around in, in his first year at, at, at Iowa State. So that Texas roster is really strong. I think the new arena helps as well, just because <laughs> it's smaller and people will want to go there, you know, because they've never seen it. And it'll create a better home court advantage than Texas has probably enjoyed in 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 some time so baylor kansas texas i guess i bottom line it this way put them put them in any order maybe even tcu put them in any order and it's not it's not crazy i think i think they've got four four teams at the very least that can reasonably enter the season saying we we want to go to a final four that's the goal you know not not all leagues have four teams that can reasonably set that as a goal i think the big 12 does and the the vibes are so good at these schools right now on both ends. I mean, Kansas, yeah, it's dropped a couple of football games as of late, but it was off to its best start uh, in a long, long time. Uh, Texas, you know, <laughs> they, they they're playing well on the on the on the gridiron. That obviously means so 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 much to that area and that school there. TCU right now is looking like the best team in the Big 12 in football, and now it's got a basketball team, as I said before. like From an expectation standpoint, it's never been better than it is right now. So uh, you really kind of look across the conference at a lot of schools, and in in the two biggest revenue-producing sports, football and men's basketball, a lot of these these schools are, are playing pretty damn well, and I think that probably means a ton uh, not just to the coaches and athletic directors, but like to the Big 12 itself, which is going to lose Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC. And it's going to bring in some other schools as well, but it's kind of 
you know, in our own Dennis Dodd reported on Wednesday that it's, uh, the Big 12 is going to try and uh, sew up uh, new terms to a new media rights deal here pretty soon and be pretty aggressive on that. I think in general, the Big 12 is uh, is rightfully kind of putting its chest out there a little bit. And, uh, and rightfully so. This was a conference that, you know, going back a decade ago when realignment was really going on, there was concern that the, the league might outright dissolve. There was some more of that. Once the UCLA and USC stuff happened over the summer there, but the Big 12 is going to be just fine. And I actually do like the health of this league moving forward. So on that note, GPTCU uh, certainly can finish. I don't, it would not be a stunner if TCU won the league, but I would say it's not likely. However, I think second is certainly, certainly very much on the table. They bring back all five starters in theory. Okay. So this is what I was referencing before. Um, and I believe John Rothstein reported this earlier in the summer. Uh, and I since talked to Jamie Dixon as well. Damian Baugh, who's from GP's neck of the woods. Here's the deal. Um, he is not eligible right now to play. And he's a, he's arguably the second most important player on TCU's roster. He signed with an agent. I'm told for like three days after the end of the season, when he was debating whether or not to leave college or not. Now the agent was not, one of the NCAA approved agents, et cetera, et cetera. Um, he never took any money. He basically signed a piece of paper, thought about it for two or three days, and was like, I'm not doing this. I'm going back to college, and went back to TCU. TCU informed the NCAA of this. Like, I'm told TCU could have very easily just simply not said anything and hope that no one knew, and then just Damian Ball would be eligible. No one would know about any of this, but it was proactive. And because of that, he is still facing eligibility issues. Now, to the extent of those, I don't know. We don't yet know if this means Damian Ball will be literally not allowed to come back and play for the, for, for the season, which would be significantly... Uh, it would have significant impact on TCU's prospects. and you know It wouldn't make them not a tournament team or anything like that, but any hopes of TCU, I think, being like a top-two team in the league, go out the window if Damian Ball's not there. Or is the suspension, you know, something more like five games, 10 games, 15 games. We don't have the answers to that. TCU is in the process of appealing. And obviously it's, it's hoping for resolution before we get out of October. I don't know if we will, this could be something that becomes a more prominent talking point within the sport. If we get to the start of the season and that's still unresolved, but just keep that in mind. Mike miles is the best player. 15 points a game could be the big 12 player of the year. Eddie Lampkin was a hoss and a house in the tournament, giving Arizona hell. I love that. He's back. He's a lot of fun. Chuck O'Bannon and Emmanuel Miller also back in the starting lineup there. So uh, just keep that in mind. When we talk TCU, uh, Damian Ball from Memphis, really good player, made a hasty decision. The rules are the rules. Right. I don't know which way this is going to go. Yeah, I guess I'll be quick on this. Um, listen, it, the rules are the rules, and I, I, I'm not I'm not necessarily a proponent of. Okay, broke the rules, did something he wasn't supposed to do, but it's not a big deal. So let's you know let's just move on. Um, because uh, you know I, I think you do have you have rules for a reason. And you do have to hold people accountable when they violate those rules. But common sense needs to prevail as well. Um, if you tell me, listen, we got to do something, so we're going to suspend him for a game, two games, whatever, fine. But any anything that would any reasonable person or any person would deem um, lengthy uh, seems uh, uh, seems silly and like an overreach to me. Um, you know, I, I if, if the, the people in positions of power consistently say 
their priority is student athletes' well-being, that they're looking out for the student athletes. Now, they're lying most of the time, but they do say it all of the time. And if, if you want to live up to that standard that, that you set with your mouth, then you don't punish a young person um, dramatically for doing something he shouldn't have done that really had no impact on anybody's life. Um, if Damian Ball's back in school and academically eligible, um, if you got to give him a game, give him a game. I don't think anybody will argue with that, but it, it, five games, 10 games, an entire seat. That's crazy. That, 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 that runs counter to common sense. All right. Five, six in the big 12 for our projections are the same. So I'll, uh, right back to you, GP, we both got Texas tech at five and then Oklahoma state at six. Uh, quickie thoughts on those. Um, like Texas tech. I, I, I think I, I, you know, I just believe in Mark Adams. Like, you know, that, that guy already tri- that's I'm with you, but the, it speaks to him. How much respect yeah. already he's receiving. This is he's coming off his first season as a head coach, and he's getting this kind of. I'm not saying I disagree, but it is he's getting the he's getting the Chris Holtman treatment. He's getting he is, that he is he is every he he has proven to be everything people who believed in him thought he could be, and um, they lost some important pieces from last season's team, but some of this stuff just feels like program culture stuff. Like they're going to guard you. They're going to make things hard for you. And so I'm going to trust that they're going to be good again. And yeah, I've got them fifth in the Big 12. Oklahoma State got three of the top five scores back. You know, uh, two former five-star prospects. Now, we've gotten a little so far away from when they were five-star prospects. It might be um, uh, not great to, or not a, a, an accurate reflection of what they are uh, to, to describe them as five-star prospects because, you know, they've proven to be um, less than that as college players. But still good college players, Bryce Thompson and Musa Cisse. And so, you know, if if I'm picking and I struggle to whether I would say six or seven Big 12 teams in the NCAA tournament, I think the number is six or seven. That's why I put the total at six point five. But if you if you tell me pick six that you believe in, it is those top four we've already discussed at length, plus Texas Tech, plus Oklahoma State. And then we can debate. We can start debating after that, but I do I do think those six schools have to be the top six on most people's ballots. Yeah, we'll do a quickie debate on the uh, on seven through ten here in a minute. Quick thoughts for me on on the Red Raiders and Oklahoma State. Yeah, Texas Tech brings one starter back, Kevin O'Banner. Uh, now I was and kind of still am all aboard the Fardos AMAC train. Uh, he was actually my deep dark horse pick to be Player of the Year in the conference, but he got hurt, and he we don't know. We don't know when he's going to return. Uh, he broke his foot. And so I think the hope here is, is get back in time for the start of Big, Big 12 play. Uh, he's one player. Um, I think I mentioned on our, I think I mentioned on our Big 10 episode uh, that, uh, you know, we're in the process of, of doing our top 101 players list and I'm still tinkering, but like I, I, I didn't put AMAC on the list because I don't know when he's returning. Uh, speaking for just myself, I didn't put Justin Moore on that list because I don't know when he's returning and how good he's going to be. And I just I don't know how good these players are going to be. Uh, so with uh, I put Texas Tech at fifth, even in spite of that. Uh, I will note former Carolina player Kerwin Walton is on the roster. And O'Banner's got to have a, a big year. They'll defend well. I do have him at five, and I'm giving Adams the benefit of the doubt. Oklahoma State, another player, GP. We're trying to mostly silo ourselves, so I don't want to give you too much influence. I don't know how much of your top 100 list you've done, but I do have Cisse on the list because I do think he's like a top three rim protector in the sport, and I think his defensive value is so significant that I put him on. If you if 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 you wanted to make a case against him, that's fine. But because Avery Anderson was on our top 100 list last year, he probably deserves to be back on there. He'll be Oklahoma State's best player. Uh, I think Mike Boynton's team 
this is the dark horse in terms of going into the season. No one's projecting Oklahoma State to be a top three or top four team in the conference. They're the most likely candidate, in my opinion. Caleb Boone returns. I think Bryce Thompson will will have a breakout season. I think they're going to be pretty damn good, and I think they're going to get into the NCAA tournament with some room to spare. So we are in agreement, run through six. We split here, though, looking at your projections on our Big 12 preview over on the CBS Sports app. You've got Iowa State 7. I've got them 9. I've got Oklahoma 7. You've got OU 9. The Sooners are top 30 in the Ken Palm preseason rankings. That is a little bit surprising. But then again, Oklahoma finished last season 30th highest ranked team in Ken Palm to not get in that large bid into the NCAA tournament. The Groves brothers are back. Tanner and Jacob, Jalen Hill is also back. Those are uh, starters who return. Uh, you know, CJ Nolan is a sophomore who I think will have to step up in a significant way. I, I, I don't fault you for putting OU ninth. I can certainly see how that would happen. Um, I, to me, Seven, eight, nine are a bit of a jumble, and right. I just went uh, kind of on feel. We agree West Virginia at, at, at eight there uh, with Bob Huggins, who has humongous turnover, humongous. The, the newly minted Hall of Famer has a lot of switch there. So uh, I go OU, West Virginia, Iowa State. GP goes Iowa State, West Virginia, OU. Yeah, and I, I'm with you. Just like I said, I think you could maybe put the top four in any order reasonably, certainly the top three. Um, I think you can put seven, eight, nine in any order reasonably. Obviously, re- relative to Ken Palm, I'm I'm lower on Oklahoma than and than maybe than maybe I should be. Like I don't have a problem admitting that. Yeah, yeah, maybe I should have Oklahoma higher. Maybe I should. We'll see. They also enrolled Grant Sherfield, um, yes. yes. transfer from Nevada, who is terrific. I mean, he averaged nineteen point six assists last season. Uh, this is a guy I've seen a lot because I'm in studio a lot for you know late night Mountain West Conference games on on CBS Sports Network. Uh, he he's like that's a guy who I don't think is going to have any problem transitioning to to the Big Twelve. He's going to be really good, and if if Oklahoma is you know a top seven or better team in this league, he'll he'll play a role in that. No doubt, Kansas State. We both got uh, bringing up the caboose year one. Yeah, like I, I listen. I think Jerome. I think Jerome's gonna uh, gonna do good things there, but it's gonna it is it probably will take a minute. Keep in mind, this time last year, everybody had Iowa State. Literally, everybody had Iowa State last in the Big Twelve, and they turned into uh, one of the best stories in college basketball. So never say never. But on paper, um, you know, you play the games on the court, but on paper in October. That's where Kansas State probably belongs. Yeah, and I know Iowa State fans, you're dedicated a lot, so I'm not going to breeze past your team without a quick, uh, without a rundown. Gabe Kalsher is back. He averaged 9.6 points a game last season, and that's going to have to jump. I think it I think it will. Caleb Grill is another returner who I would expect to be one of the more go-to guys shooting from the perimeter. Uh, Oshuna Shuni from St. Bonaventure is the biggest transfer to know. He was, he was a big for the Bonnies last season. He's good. Yeah. 11 and 11.7 rebounds a game. He is good. I want to see. I, I'm not going to say he's not going to succeed, but like you mentioned, Sherfield at Oklahoma. I think Sherfield's transition to Big 12 is maybe a bit smoother, a bit more productive, a bit more efficient than maybe Oshuni uh, when you consider really the bigs that are playing around this league. I, I think Iowa State will again look to just, you know, slug you out and win that way. And Altsberger will thrive off of, you know, People doubting his team, me picking him ninth. You've got him seventh. If they're seventh, then they're, they're then they're either in or they're just just in the NIT. Uh, we we will see. K State, the big the big thing attached to that, other than Trump Tank finally getting a head job, is that Keontae Johnson, the former Florida star, who of course collapsed on national television in December 2020, he has been cleared. He will play at Kansas State this season. This is a player who, before the heart issue, 
was projected as an NBA pick and like a top 40 pick, if not a first round pick there. So we'll see how much burn he gets, how effective he is. And if his presence on that team, among others, uh, Desi Sills is a big transfer on that uh, on that team as well from Arkansas State. We'll see how they do. But Kansas State fairly and objectively has to be uh, has to be bringing up the, the caboose. You got any thoughts on uh, the Cyclones well, before we make our awards picks here? Well, the other not so great thing at Iowa State, you know, losing all the pieces that it lost. Um, Jeremiah Williams has a torn Achilles. Um, he's a transfer, and that's that's obviously not helpful. So. Um, bit of an uphill battle for TJ, but the, not any more uphill than it looked this time last year. Um, but but you know he 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 was he had he had I believe the most surprising team in the country, and so uh, bet against him at, at your own risk. With with Kansas State, the Keontae George thing, you know, heading into the season where he collapsed, I think he was preseason SEC Player of the Year. Like he was he had, he was supposed to be great, and obviously that was a scary scary moment. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor. Um, I mean, I might pretend to be a doctor. You have many. Times. I ha- in fact, I have pretended. Has, yeah. I, have, I have actually pretended to be a doctor. But um, on this specific case, I will put take my st- stethoscope. Is that what doctors wear? Yes. Do they still though? Do they yes. still wear those? Oh, my boy to the doctor recently. Stethoscope. Got to have one. On the neck. I should get yeah. one. I should get one of. Just in case I ever do want to pretend to be a doctor, I'll have the proper tools to. I think uh, I think adding props to the podcast will certainly be a visual uh, element that our bosses would endorse. They got to have stethoscopes on on Amazon, right? I, I could imagine no easier place to uh, procure such an item. I'm gonna get a stethoscope later on today. So um, I'll, I'll stop goofing around and just say what I'm trying to say. I, I don't. I, I'm not gonna pretend whether this is smart or dumb or reckless or not. I don't know. Um, but it is interesting to me that in recent years you've had two players in the SEC with heart issues and they're they're just like you can't play here and and they both transfer to the Big 12 and somebody says you can play here obviously Jared Butler at uh you know he was originally at Alabama uh then couldn't play there uh, got cleared to play at Baylor and now Keontae George couldn't play at Florida we got cleared to play at, at Kansas State um what I hope obviously is that um, the Keontae George move to the Big 12 goes just as awesomely as uh, the Jared Butler move to the Big 12 did. All right. Preseason projections on coach of the year, player of the year, freshman of the year, whatever order. JP, you go first. I'm going to go coach of the year, Scott Drew, because I've got him projected to win the Big 12. And if you win three straight Big 12 titles at Baylor, then you're the coach of the year. Stop. Stop it. Um, player of the year, Keontae George. Freshman of the year, Keontae George. You Keontae both. Okay. Um, certainly could be the case. If Baylor wins, winds up winning the league and Keontae is going to be what we are saying he will be. Then he's going to have a really good case there. Um, who knows? Flagler and Cryer are also very, very good. And maybe those three wind up uh, splitting up statistics and making room for someone else to win player of the year. I'm going to go Chris Beard for coach of the year, having Texas finish second. And uh, listen, I'm going to come out and say it. Scott Drew, you endorse a 128-team tournament. I'm not voting you for coach of the year this year. Whoa. I, I'm going to go ahead and say it. Scott Drew, I would never turn my back on you like I, that. I have. I have. You, can, you can expand to 400 teams if you want, and I'm still I'm still going to be on the side of Scott Drew. And Baylor is one of, this, uh, one of the schools so – Closely and directly associated with this podcast, and uh, and will continue to be. But uh, I say it in jest, and yet not. So Chris Beard gets my preseason coach of the year nod. Um, player of the year, Timmy Allen, give it to me. Timmy Allen 
will win player of the year. Texas's key big man, do it all forward. Because Texas will get to second in the league, Timmy Allen will lead the league in scoring. And by nature of that, he gets player of the year narrowly over the likes of the guys I mentioned earlier. County George could be in that group. Kevin McCullough, Texas, Mike Miles at TCU. Um, freshman of the year, obviously, has to be Keontae George. Uh, he sets up as the best one. If you're looking for a non-George name, I mean, maybe maybe we... Texas has got a couple of uh, good players there. Again, we talked about them more on the, on the Texas episode. But maybe, you know, maybe Grady Dick steps off, steps right onto the campus off the bench and averages 16 points a game as a freshman and is one of the best three-point shooters in the conference. And if you're looking for a non-George name, again, Grady Dick. Love it. Who looks just like you think he looks. Um, Grady he, Dick does look exactly the way Grady Dick should look. That's correct. That's correct. So those are our preseason awards and uh, another conference preview. Under the belt. Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester, South Carolina. Shouts to Hawk. Shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening. The Iron College Basketball Podcast. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and, and Spotify. Five stars, nice review. Type type kind words over at Apple. There, there's, there's more of us than there are of them, and that, that needs to be properly reflected in, in the comments. Don't, don't let them get cocky. Don't let them get cocky. Pun intended. Don't let them get cocky and think they're... But they they're, they never do. That's the irony. They never do. They never do. Yeah. Don't let them get cocky and think that there's... The the the, the thems out, out, outnumber the us's. There's more of us than there are of them. Don't ever forget that. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, knock that out. And we're going to talk to you again real soon. Till then, take care.